one, two. We'll see if this mic's working. Yeah, there we go. Um, it's good to have you here tonight. As I said earlier, if you're a visitor to St. Matt's, you're particularly welcome in this Christmas season. Just want to share a few thoughts as we kind of move towards uh, the kind of last section of the service. I hope you enjoy that kind of uh, some of the Christmas carols, some of those familiar songs. Um, we're in the kind of Advent season. Advent's all about waiting. Um, and certainly if you've got children or grandchildren, you'll know that that's quite um, a difficult time waiting. If you've got Advent calendars, hands up if you've got an Advent calendar. Keep your hands up if you're above the age of 11. That's actually quite a remarkable amount of adults that have got Advent calendars. Hands up if you wish you had an Advent calendar. Yeah, it's quite a lot, definitely. It's one of the great things about having children. You can kind of buy them one and think, you know, I, I should have one as well, uh, which is kind of the big joy about Christmas generally, really. And it, the countdown is underway. If you've got an Advent calendar or you've got children or grandchildren who are using it, that big countdown, of course, to the big day. And in most of our minds, whether you're kind of around the church scene, whether you've kind of got children or families, uh, whether you kind of are excited about Christmas, there is that kind of imagined, hoped aspiration of kind of the perfect Christmas. We often see it on adverts on television, don't we? Um, Joy-fueled, laughter-filled houses, people gathering around the table, showing the turkey, smiling, happy children, playing games together and sharing. I don't know if that's your experience of Christmas. It often isn't many people's experience. And things often don't seem to go that way. You might be one of those families that suddenly has to put the turkey in a tumble dryer to defrost it because you forgot. don't know if you've ever done that one. Um, or, or you're really late to buy the tree, so you end up with one that's two foot tall and 40 foot wide because that's the only one left at Prior Park Garden Centre. Often the pressure to kind of make the perfect Christmas is often hard. I had a friend who had this perfect beautiful country house and seemed to have the perfect beautiful children and um, around the Christmas season they, they had this tradition with a little silver bell that they would ring for the children all to come running um, to the table on Christmas day. In, and certainly in my family as I grew up our traditional way of gathering everyone at the table was a smoke alarm going off and certainly that was my experience at Christmas often. My mum was a great cook but it was often a bit hairy that day and rightly of course, as we get towards Christmas, we do get excited. It's great. It's an exciting, fun day. Uh, the, the kind of excitement grows as we think about the food, uh, the parties, the lights. And of course, because of the kings, we heard in, the, in a re- the reading, the magi, the kings who came with their gifts, we exchange presents. And if we're honest, presents are often a tough one. I've been married for over 20 years now. Trust me when I tell you this that a leaf blower, even a 30cc one, um, wrapped in a bin bag with a ribbon round it is probably not the thing apparently that your wife is longing for on Christmas Day. Who knew, right? Shopping, getting the right present is often a really, really big deal. And choosing the right present and getting the right thing that captures the person's heart that you're giving to is really important. There was an old man walking down the street one day and he noticed this really, really unusual thing. He saw this frog hopping up and down. Maybe you've seen a frog out and about in the countryside here. But this was an unusual frog because it was wearing this beautiful, tiny little tiara, this beautiful, small, exquisite, encrusted, jeweled um, crown. And so this old man is fascinated. He bends down to take a closer look at this little frog. And miracle of miracles, the frog starts speaking to him. I'm a beautiful... That's my frog voice, by the way. I'm a beautiful princess enchanted into this form by some evil curse. Kiss me, however. <clears throat> She'd been probably 
sort of inhaling helium or something. Kiss me, she said, and I will turn into the most beautiful, voluptuous, gorgeous woman, the woman I used to be. Ravishing and wonderful. Everything that makes glad the heart of man. Kiss me now and I'll be yours forever. Happy to love and serve you in any way your senses desire. So the old guy's amazed. So he picks up this frog and uh, without kissing it, puts it in his pocket. What are you doing? She cries. Kiss me and I'll become the woman of your dreams. You can enjoy my beauty and sensual delights to your heart's content. Nah, says the old man. To be honest, at my age, I'd rather have a, f- a talking frog. <laughs> and you see, that's just a very poor joke that it's good to get in. You can use that on again in your families over the Christmas meal to try and bring sense of peace and order. What we think others might want, what we think are the perfect gift, choosing gifts and choosing something which is right is often really, really hard. What is the perfect present? What's the thing that actually people dream of more than anything else? That's a good question. And we give gifts. Giving gifts, it's tricky. What about those three kings that travelled all that distance? They'd seen the star, they knew what it meant, and so they prepared their hearts and they chose gifts to bring to Jesus. They thought about what they were going to bring. It was a big deal for them. They travelled a long way with those gifts. Because remember, Israel was under occupation. Israel was a nation filled with fear and darkness. People were living in fear. People were living in oppression. And they were longing for hope. They were longing for breakthrough. They were longing for a freedom from violence and oppression. A freedom from the darkness that seemed to surround them. And those people had been longing for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. That's well, that song that we heard, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's that kind of longing for something, longing for God to help them. God, where are you? Please, will you come and help us? And the people had been longing. We heard in those readings from Isaiah, some 700 years before Jesus was born, the longing of the people crying out for God to come. And the promise through those prophetic words, of a king who would come. So the people have been waiting, waiting for this sign, waiting for this miracle to occur, to appear, waiting for the king to come. And so, at the sign of the star, the magi, they realise the deal, they twig what this is all about, and they come to honour the one who was sent. And they bring their gifts. Not a leaf blower, They obviously thought about it a lot longer than I did. But they bought gold. And gold is fitting for a king. It's a gift only fitting for a king. They bring incense. What's incense? Well, it's a bit like the smoke we've been using, but it's scented. And it was used in worship and adoration. And incense was used in worship and adoration of God. It was kept special to worship God. And they bring myrrh. A really expensive spice would have travelled thousands of miles perhaps. And it was used to prepare bodies for burial. So a king who was God, who was sent to suffer. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. A king who was God, who was sent to suffer. The people living in darkness had longed for the saviour to come. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. Could it really be true? And what on earth did it all mean? We're going to watch a short video. November 2002, a baker in Bangalore, South India, 
on taking a batch of chapatis from the oven. Chapatis are about five inch long pieces of unleavened bread, many of you may know them. Um, like a kind of pit of bread. Well, he discovered that one had what looked like the face of Jesus burnt into it. He took it to the local priest who declared it a miracle and placed it in a glass case and word quickly spread. More than 10,000 pilgrims flocked to visit this site to see Jesus on a chapati. Now, I don't know what what you think about that. Uh, Maybe you've already booked your ticket. You've been to see it. I don't know. Um, I myself have seen many, many strange things in Indian takeaways. Um, So I'm open to the thought, although I've never quite seen... um, anything quite like that. I have actually seen a picture of it, and if I'm honest, it looked more like Osama bin Laden than than Jesus, but I, I don't know. But what I do know is that Christmas gives us something much better, much better news than that. It tells us that God has done a lot more than appear on a packed lunch. He's come to us as a person. He did more than uh, put his image in a chapati. He put his image in a child. Emmanuel, that's what that name means. Emmanuel, God with us. God for us. God with us. If our greatest need in humanity had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was love and forgiveness. So God sent us a saviour. And that's what we see in Jesus. That's what the Christmas story is all about. And that's why the crib and the cross are actually so intricately linked. Jesus. He was born in an obscure village child of a peasant woman, grew up in still another village where he worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. Then just for three years he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book, he never held an office, he never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college, he never travelled 200 miles beyond where he was born. He did none of these things. Some of the things that you'd normally associate with greatness He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the religious elite turned on him. His friends ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. And whilst dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property that he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. And 2,000 years have come and gone. And today, he is still the central figure of the human race, the leader of mankind's progress. History was reset at his coming. Time began again. And all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings and queens that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on earth as much as that one solitary life, I would say. Angels still sing and the star still beckons. Isaiah 6 says this, God has given a son to us. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God, Prince of Peace. He became like us, so we could become like him. And the invitation is for all, everybody, whatever your creed, colour or history, 
to come like the kings to encounter him, to worship him and receive his love. The baby's arrival rocked the universe. The God who overlooked the universe had left his golden throne room and exchanged it in favour of a dirty sheep pen. It's a remarkable story, a remarkable truth. He'd become one of his creation. And those eternally worshipping angels who would have heard worshipping round the throne were replaced with kind, but I reckon pretty clueless shepherds who were trying to make sense of what on earth they'd seen that was going on. And while also all that's happening, meanwhile Bethlehem continues to hum. Merchants and travellers unaware that God has just visited their planet. People probably would scoff at anyone who told them the Messiah lay in the arms of a teenager in a shabby shack. Probably all too busy to even consider the thought. And I think those who missed God's arrival that night missed it not because they were evil. No, I think they simply missed it because they simply weren't looking. And perhaps... Little's changed 2,000 years later. We can so easily miss it because we're not really looking. So what do you make of this Jesus character, this baby, this kind of face we see in a crib, these images that we might possibly see on a chapati or a slice of toast? What do we make of this Jesus character? What was it all about? Is he a good man, a bad man? Was he God? Is it a good Christmas story? or the greatest miracle this world has ever known. The point of Christmas is that it's not simply about good presents, but it's about God's presence, God with us. And I hope for you, you'll feel able to explore that for yourself, whether that's in church, or whether it's reading the Bible, or whether it's talking to maybe people who you know are Christians. This Christmas, to explore afresh amongst the parties and the mince pies, particularly the mince pies that I love. Amongst all of that, I hope you'll have an opportunity to explore more of what the Christmas story really is about and share that with your families. I know for many people, trying to make sense of what all this is about is actually really quite hard. Because I don't believe that God is just for Christmas. It's for the whole year. If you want to know more about um, this character of Jesus, if you want to know more about faith and explore that, we, along with many churches actually in Bath in the new year, are running an Alpha course. You may have heard about Alpha. You may have seen and uh, know about Bear Grylls, uh, that kind of wild explorer. We've had very similar lives, he and I. Please don't laugh. He's an amazing guy. Uh, but he's doing a lot of stuff with Alpha this year. And actually, we're using some video uh, production with uh, which he's involved in and some interviews with him. If you want to know more about Bear Grylls' journey of faith, then come and join us in the new year, starting on the 11th of January. We're running an Alpha course here over a few weeks. It involves a meal and an opportunity to explore with no pressure. What is the deal with all this Christian stuff? You can ask all the questions you've really wanted to ask but been afraid to. You can come with all your challenges and difficulties. That's what Alpha is all about. And over a meal, we can discuss and hear from these videos and then talk more about it. We've got a short video that we're just going to play to you, uh, just promoing that Alpha course. Uh, 
Uh, there's information on our website, widcombe.church slash alpha. You'll see lots of flyers and invitations and stuff around. There's some stuff that you can pick up as you go. We'd love to invite you if you want to come along to that and you can find out more information about it. We'd also love to be able to give you one of these as you leave if you want. It's called Why Christmas. kind of explains much better than I can what the Christmas story is all about. And we'd love for you to take this away. It's completely free. You can go and read it at home. Come back with some questions. Alf, if you want to, come back and talk to us. Just explains a bit more. What is all this Christmas celebration that we make such a big deal? Why do we go wild with lasers and food and mince pies and party? Well, because we believe we've got such great news that we want to share. Do You'll be offered one of these as you go. Do take one. You can read it. Give it to some friends. We've got plenty of copies we'd love to make available for you. Just also to say as we're coming to a close with our final um, uh, carol, you saw in the video there some images. Uh, this Christmas um, that I made, this Christmas we're collecting for war child Syrian refugees. We're also collecting for um, uh, an orphanage that we're now connecting with. I've recently come back from Sri Lanka where I've been working uh, with some of the children there who are rescued off the streets. Beautiful orphanage. Many of them have suffered terrible abuse. Many of the children are actually rescued from the tsunami that hit Sri Lanka a few years ago. Uh, and we're connecting and building a link with Widcombe to Sri Lanka, which is fantastic, really, really exciting. So the money this year from our services are being split between War Child, which particularly helps um, children affected by the uh, refugee crisis globally. It's going specifically to children and also um, the Hope Centre, the the children's charity in Sri Lanka that we're working with. We don't take a collection as a church here, but there'll be some buckets and people on the doors as you go. All of the money that's collected is going to go to those charities. So if you want to do that, we'd encourage you to be a blessing. You'll have seen at the end of the video there some of the images of children who have been transformed by uh, charities that have reached out to them and uh, kind of bringing God's blessings to them. So there's some wonderful work going on around the world, often in really, really difficult circumstances. We'd love to be able to encourage them and stand with them and support them. I'm going to say a final prayer. And uh, thank you for coming. Don't rush off. Feel free to stay around. Enjoy the lasers. We'll put them all.